Welcome to the Creative Brew, helping you keep your creative juices brewing. We're giving out chunks of insight, motivation, and practicality for your creative journey. If you're a creator, athlete, or entrepreneur, luck can only get you so far. Having the right skill sets are critical in your success. All Skill No Luck makes handcrafted, custom-designed flannel wear. Made in the United States and based here right in Oceanside, California. They pride themselves on quality, creativity, and attitude. The perfect brand for the Creative Brew. Use promo code CREATIVEBREW10 and get 10% off and free shipping within the United States. You can check them out at allskillnoluck.com. And this episode is brought to you by Baba Coffee, smuggling good vibes. Baba roasts their coffee beans each week and only offers the freshest coffee. They have espressos, lattes, cappuccinos, pour over, or drip coffee. You can try their cold brew coffee, nitro cold brew, or bulletproof coffee, and boba milk teas. They also have a wide assortment of delicious food. I would suggest you try the avocado toast, mimosas, wine, or beer. On the weekends, you can check out some great music like the Soto 6 and food like Eliza the Shelf and others over the weekend, every Friday and Saturday, beginning at 6 p.m. You can check out everything they got going on on Facebook and Instagram at Baba Coffee or go to babacoffee.com. To a new episode of The Creative Brew, giving you insights on your creative journey. Today, we've got a special guest. We got Corey Frederick, uh, the, the founder and president of, of Time Wrestling. And uh, yeah, we're just chatting, chatting today, sort of uh, sharing his story, um, you know, how time wrestling started, where it's going, and um, everything in between. So, like I said, I, I got the, like I said, thankful for the privilege and the, the honor to be able to uh, bring, uh, bring him on and um, sort of get, you know, some of his insights and, and just what makes him tick uh, through the day. I know he's a, he's a busy person. He's got different things going on. And uh, so hopefully uh, he can share some, some insights on on um you know just what tyrant wrestling is and and um maybe his own personal uh insights and and everything else so uh without further ado i got Corey, and um i'll let you let you go about it uh what's your what's your origin story you know back background and and how do we get to where we are now yeah well first of all thanks for having me on quantel um i know we've gotten to know each other pretty well over the past uh, year maybe two i'm not sure when we first met but uh been great working with you so um in a nutshell um give it to you i guess the cliff notes you know i'm born and raised in delaware uh, my journey with wrestling specifically started in seventh grade where uh, you had to play a sport account as your gym class so i started wrestling along with a couple other sports and then uh, when i went to st mark's high school in delaware that's kind of where it really took off and uh, i got serious with it and actually i stopped playing football and stopped playing baseball and uh, strictly focused on wrestling 
Um, ended up being a couple of time state finalist. Um, you know, what used to be the beast of the East. We had the mid Atlantic wrestling classic back then. We had a pretty good schedule. Our team did well, um, uh, did not go to college at all. Um, so I didn't further my career in college with wrestling, just started working right out of the gate, started a family young, um, and about, I, I took about a year off from wrestling, you know, another year in the state finals of, uh, not getting what you wanted and really wanted nothing to do with the sport. And, but, uh, my, my father-in-law at the time was, was a coach and uh, youth wrestling coach and he wanted me to come help him so that's kind of where the journey started i coached five years for a school team here in wilmington delaware st elizabeth's and then back in 2002 we started tyrant wrestling a private wrestling club uh, where i could coach everybody and not just you know the guys specifically at that school so um you know i saw in, in the beginning tyrant wrestling was really more a, a club slash team and you know i was a coach and uh, the tournaments were more of uh, one less weekend we had to travel. So it started off with Tyrant Duels um, that we've always had. I think we're going on year 23 right now. Um, and then later on in life, um, you know, I always had eighth grade and under guys wrestling for me as they got older and they went to high school. That's when we started Columbus Day Duels um, back in 2010. And it was just a preseason tournament to kind of get those guys ready for the season. Um, and that was local in Delaware as well. So, you know, both of those tournaments have been around for quite a while now and, they, and they're established. Um, and then about five, about five, I always say five years, but I don't know how long it's been. You know, I keep saying, I think five years and it's probably been more than that now, but about five years ago, I stopped coaching and really just focused on uh, the tournament side of the business. Um, you know, after 20 years of coaching or actually 27 years of coaching, um, just kind of hang up my shoes and, you know, was interested in doing other things. And, uh, that's when it really took off from just Columbus Day Duels and Tyrant Duels. And that's where we are now with just about 20 events that we run mainly on the East coast, but as far out as Ohio and Tennessee and, uh, you know, those types of things. Awesome. So, uh, so even with, uh, you know, with, with Tyrant Wrestling, you know, I, and I know being in the, in the wrestling, um, sort of arena there, you know, there's so many different, different tournaments now. Um, what, what makes it, maybe from your opinion, you know, what makes Tyrant Wrestling, you know, sort of unique from, from everything else, from all the other tournaments you may, uh, that, that a wrestler may see, um, sort of everywhere around the country. Yeah. I mean, there's certainly some really great tournaments that are out there that are, you know, very well established and run and the quality of the events. And I think the bigger thing is we're more of an organization instead of a single event now, right. With almost 20 events that we run, but, you know, we've kind of, established you know most of what we do are dual meet tournaments um and then we sprinkle in some individual tournaments the only standalone individual tournament we have that we just started this year was tyrant nationals back in september um that was very unique in itself and we can talk about that if you'd like uh specifically but yeah all the all the other ones now are you know they're dual meet tournaments a two-day dual meet tournament and then in the, you know in the afternoon of day one when the duels are over we'll run an individual style tournament that's some people label as like a rapid fire style tournament so we can get that done in about two three hours tops um but from my perspective i mean i used to work at mvna america a credit card company and above every single door they had think of yourself as a customer, right? So, you know, for me, you know, while it's, you know, it's wrestling and it's a sport, you know, you also have to balance that with a business. But but the biggest thing is I think we just love what we do. And, you know, I enjoy seeing and, and the people and watching our kids grow up. And, you know, I sometimes I see the guys that come to our tournaments, the families that come to our tournaments more than I see some of my own family and friends. But, uh, 
you know, so I think a lot of it just boils down to customer service and treating people the way that I would want to be treated. And I always just said that I wore three hats. You know, I was a parent, I was a coach, and I'm a tournament director. So I take all three of those things and I put it together. And, and what is the experience that I would want to receive? So, you know, the big thing a lot of people talk about with our tournaments is, you know, aside from the quality of the competition, but the efficiency and how well they're run. And, you know, there really is, unless the system goes down, there is zero downtime. We're wrestling the whole time and we get people in and out as fast as possible. Um, and then there's other things, you know, we have custom awards and just different things. We have all new mats. I mean, just from A, a to Z, just everything that we do is top notch. And, uh, you know, it's just the experience that I would want to have if I was going somewhere as a coach or a parent. And that's what we try to provide. Yeah. So tell me a little bit and for, for audience members, uh, tell us a little bit about the, uh, the Tyrant Nationals. I know, I know this is, um, I know we just, you know, like I said, just hatched it, um, you know, this concept this, this year, but, um, tell, tell our audience a little bit more about Tyrant Nationals. Yeah. I mean, I'd say, I'd say the vision has been there forever, but you know, sometimes there's reservations or we've evolved over the past several years. You start to figure some things out, but you know, again, like a super 32 is established, you know, that's going to sell out in an hour or two, and it's going to be a well-attended event. Anytime you're running an individual tournament nowadays, it's it's hard to get off the ground. Most people want duels because there's guaranteed matches. But, you know, with the with the national tournament, one of the biggest things we did that nobody's ever done, really, and, and you know, with the rule changes that allowed us to do it, but with all the high school athletes, you know, they were eligible for an NIL deal. So every champion that won, you know, it made them eligible. There were some things that they needed to do after the fact, um, but, you know, every single one got a $500 NIL deal. Um, we ran all college rules, not just college out-of-bounds rules. Um, it's similar to, you know, Fargo or NCAAs. We, we had, we had a stage built and we ran, you know, college size mats, um, just, just, just everything, but the experience, but the biggest thing was the rules that we ran. And then also with, uh, the NIL deals. Cool. Cool. So, I mean, even with time wrestling, I mean, I know, um, you know, I know you're, you've been doing, doing these tournaments for, for years now, um, you know, from your perspective, you know, where, where do you see it? sort of evolving i mean i i know that sometimes with the and this is probably my hang up more with the wrestling community is sometimes we um we can be set in our ways and it takes us really slow to sort of evolve and, and adapt um what what do you see you know even with tight wrestling what do you see like the how would you innovate like the tournament experience or what would you you know how would you envision you know tight wrestling you know next five to ten years yeah um you know, some of the things that we've done recently, it's just, how can we continue to be innovative? How can we give you guys a better experience? How can we, you know, we're, we're a premium product, you know, it's not cheap to come to a tire and event. Um, you know, we think there's a value there, but like, for instance, this year, and I say this year, you know, starting in September, but every single uh, tournament at weigh-ins, kids get a free bottle of water as soon as they step off the scale. Um, you know, and in our tournaments, when the facility allows it, um, during the event, uh, we have a coffee station set up for anybody that's at the event for complimentary coffee. So there's no charge for the coffee. Um, and it's just simple little things like that. And I'm not even a coffee drinker, right? But it's like when you go to the Ford dealership and, you know, you're waiting on your oil change, you can have a free cup of coffee, right? So it's just all those different things. You know, there's um, can, can we get better internet, you know, Wi-Fi for the guys there? So when they're on their phone, check and track wrestling slash flow wrestling. Um, but, you know, so it, it's just anything and everything, you know, I, I think from the uh, attendees perspective, 
we pretty much knock it out of the park just about every time. I mean, not everybody's going to be happy, but I'll tell you 99% of the people are, but we come back with a list every single time of what can we do better? How can we, you know, another thing that we just recently added is along alongside of our medical, you know, unit where the athletic trainers are is a stretch and recovery unit. And we bring in, you know, physical therapist or masseuse. And, you know, if a guy has a stiff back or, you know, his hamstrings tight or just whatever it may be, they can come over there and get some additional attention as if, you know, they're in a college, you know, room, they can go down to their staff. So, you know, and some of it's self-serve and some of it's full service where it's like, Hey man, this guy's getting a full blown massage. It looks like, but you know, we want that level of experience where, you know, these guys come and, and, and they feel good about coming to the event. They feel safe, you know, that, you know, and all those types of things. But, uh, and then, you know, for us, it's, it's to add new events. I think, uh, you know, that's a little bit more strategic now. We don't want to just continue to add events for no reason. Um, and the, the market's already kind of saturated, but we think there's opportunity to grow geographically and then there's opportunity to grow within our own events. So I always kind of say I could run 50 events with 10 teams or I can run 10 events with 50 teams. Right. So just everything we're trying to, you know, make sure that, you know, less forfeits and, you know, better teams and, or different, different levels of competition. So, you know, right now with everybody wrestling in duels, it kind of leaves some people behind where, you know, years ago, instead of bringing 16 guys to a tournament on your team, you would bring 60 guys to the tournament because they'd be wrestling in an open individual tournament where now a lot of kids get left out of those things. So how can we get everybody at all levels involved and give them an opportunity? Yeah. Yeah. That's uh yeah, that's, yeah, that's going to be strategic with that. I mean, it, it is, like I said, so many, so many different um, tournaments that that's going on. Um, I, I didn't, I didn't know. Have you, have you ever considered, I mean, and like I said, I'm not in the, in the, in the tournament. Like I said, I do help branding uh, obviously with, with Tyrant, but I, I didn't know if there's been any like strategic uh, planning to where like, Hey, maybe. And I, I think I've seen this with other tournaments where they'll combine like just I'm just throwing out hypo, hypothetical stuff like uh, bodybuilding or something with a wrestling mm -hmm. tournament, like combining things like that, or depending on where you're at, maybe you know beach wrestling with you know with a with tyrant wrestling. I, I didn't know if you even you know considered that or if that was like uh, maybe we just need to stay in our lane, or I didn't know what your thoughts were on that. Yeah, we've had ideas of, um, you know, beach, having beach wrestling or, you know, having like a jujitsu or something like that. I'm not sure where that's going to go, but I think some of it is the experience, right? So for instance, um, you know, we have the junior Southern scuffle now down in Chattanooga. So when the kids come, you know, where I'm from, there's no college wrestling in Delaware at all. And it's not real easy to get to, or a lot of times it conflicts with your own schedule, you know, your own competition schedule. So the kids can't make it. So for instance, like the junior Southern scuffle, it puts them a couple blocks away from the college Southern scuffle at UTC all the, all the kids get a free ticket to go to the college tournament. So they can go and see some college wrestling while they're there. And then the junior beast that we have next weekend here in Delaware, it's a couple miles away from where the beast of the East high school tournament is at university of Delaware. All the kids get a free ticket to go to that. Now the junior Ironman, you know, they're always sold out. So we don't really have a free ticket option for them, but last year in our first year, it was the same weekend. And there was a lot of kids that went over to watch that event um, because their siblings were in it or they just wanted to check it out. So, you know, for me, like 
when my kid, when my oldest boy was young, I started taking him to the NCAA tournament when he was like eight years old. So it is it allows them to start to establish goals. It allows them to be able to have a role model or somebody to look up to. And, you know, there's more things on the internet now, right? So I guess 20 years ago, 25 years ago, there really wasn't, there wasn't flow wrestling. There wasn't big 10 network. There wasn't all that coverage. So unless you went to a college match live, you really didn't know about it, but it got kids thinking about going to college or it gave them an opportunity to look up to somebody. And I just think that's good for the kids and the sport. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so some of the, I mean, you talk about being innovative, some of the other things and we did that, I was thinking about nationals. So for the tire nationals, we, it was, Hey, when you come in, you had to weigh in on the, on the same day as competition an hour before it started. And once you entered the weigh in area, similar to a sanctioned event for like high school, college, um, you couldn't leave. Right. So it was, if you didn't make weight, you didn't make weight and you had, you, you know, we did, they did have the luxury of changing our weight class but there was no cutting weight on site. And we've talked about other things like mat side weigh-ins and things like that. So, you know, one, trying to keep the kids healthy. And I think sometimes, you know, um, it's probably, it could be more so maybe some of the parents that didn't wrestle, they don't quite understand how it works. And it could be an aggressive parent that did wrestle, but some of these guys are just cutting way too much weight, you know? And then you got like, you know, six, eight, 10 year olds that are 40, 50 pounds cutting weight and it's just not healthy. Right. But can't tell somebody how to be a parent, but you're trying to do implement some, some guidelines in our tournaments that can try to keep them as healthy as possible. Oh yeah. Yeah. That can be a, a the, the, uh, wrestler, uh, parents, that can be a dicey, uh, situation at, at times. Um, yeah, you definitely want, want the best for the kid. Um, I, you know, I, I know just growing up, you know, everybody was like, you know, we're real big on, you know, trying to cut down for a certain weight class. And I think that's, I think that mindset is starting to shift a little bit now to where, you know, you don't see um, a lot of people cut, cutting a lot. Obviously, you know, you do have kids that still, you know, cut weight like that. Now that's definitely unsafe. I wouldn't recommend, especially at the the, the youth uh, level, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want them cutting weight at all. Um, but um, I, I think now with, with more information, um, I, I do think there's more knowledge on how to uh, safely do that and um you know be at the optimal um weight but uh but i do i do i am starting to see a lot of people just wrestling their natural weight and just you know wor working on just wrestling and uh, getting better um i think that's helped you know some kids not not have to worry about that feeling like they got to cut 20 pounds uh to compete um rather than just being their natural weight and just just wrestling um so yeah that can be uh tough you know sort of uh you know, piggybacking on that, you know, I, I think with, with cutting weight, you know, that it, it you know, we, we have the stigma of, um, you know, mental health and, you know, how that relates to a lot of wrestlers. Uh, I know, you know, personally, there's been a lot of, a lot of wrestlers I've known that, that's dealt with issues like that. Um, you know, what, and I, I know we've talked briefly, um, you know, about uh, mental health and, and especially in the wrestling community, what, what are your, you know, what are your thoughts on that or what are your, you know, experiences? Yeah. So, um, you know, again, going back to it for us, you know, everything's personal slash, you know, I was a coach and we care about these guys and we, we think of everybody that comes to our events as like an extended family, but, uh, you know, so there's four organizations that, you know, we pride ourselves in, you know, being a part of and three of them, we don't talk about except for like normally during the actual month that it's being recognized where it's an awareness month and that's Parkinson's Alzheimer's and, uh, and, and breast cancer. But, the one that we decided it's been going on probably about two years now is uh, mental health and suicide prevention. So we have much more that we want to do with it, but minimally uh, we've made a decision that we talk about it at every single tournament. So right before we play the national anthem, we usually talk about it. 
Um, you know, I, I've gone back and forth about like, you know, these guys that come to our tournaments that, that, that come to a lot of our tournaments repetitively, you know, it, they probably get sick of hearing it. So there's times where we, you know, we'll, we'll talk a little bit different of, about it or, or, or shorter. And then there's times where I get going and it's a little bit longer, but ultimately, you know, we, we, we have seen ourselves, right. Whether you've been impacted or not, that there's kids that are struggling or everybody's struggling for mental health. Um, some mental health slash, you know, that we're, we're trying to prevent some people from taking their lives if it gets to that, that point. But for us, you know, it, it's, it's not like we just picked that cause out of the clear blue sky. You know, my father-in-law took his life about 24 years ago. Um, you know, two of our wrestlers, um, one was 19, the other one was 31, uh, took their lives. Uh, my daughter's, you know, one of her best friends took his life when he was in college. He was a baseball player. He wrestled for a short period of time, but, um, you know, had some concussions and things like that. So, we just decided, you know, hey, we got to start talking about this. And I think 20, 30 years ago, nobody ever talked about suicide, right? Like if somebody took their life, it was a big secret. You never talked about it. And and now fast forward, it's like I got a, I got a token, a, a guy um, at our tournament last weekend, he was at a meeting for work and he got a token and it's, it was, you know, too tough to talk. So it makes me think about men right away, right? You know, a lot of times we're too tough to talk about. They can't share their emotions. They can't do things. So initially, when we started talking about this, it was really geared towards like probably that high school age kid um, going through adolescence or somebody getting bullied or just whatever. And we quickly realized like it's never too young to talk. So, you know, it, the message goes clear down to the youngest kid at the tournament. And then through COVID. We also realized that the message just wasn't for the athletes, the wrestlers. It's everybody that's at the tournament. So whether they're, it's military, you know, former military or guys that have come back fighting for our country and girls, um, you know, that suffer from PTSD or somebody that got laid off from their company, or it could be a million different reasons why they're struggling. But I just know that every single tournament we talk about it, and there's enough people that come up to me or some one of our staff to share their story and talk to us about it. Um, that we have to keep doing it. So if it changes the life of one person, that would be great. Uh, matter of fact, earlier this week, I had one of the coaches that, you know, come to my event and he reached out to me to talk to me because he was, he's really having some, some challenges in his personal life right now and struggling. And so I think the more that we can talk about it, the better. And um, at the end of the day, if we can save one person's life that, or get that person help that they need, then, then, you know, we've made a difference. Yeah. 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 Definitely agree on that. Um, yeah. I, I find myself, uh, speaking to, uh, I, like I said, I, I coach, uh, I, I usually I coach, uh, more of the MMA, uh, athletes. I do, I do help coach, uh, a junior college out here, but, um, every, you know, every, after every practice, you know, we, we talk about life, um, just a quick, you know, 10 minute, you know, chat. And, uh, yeah, we get a lot of, uh, where we're at, we have, you know, we're right by camp Pendleton. So we get a lot of military and stuff in, um, all the time in practice. And, yeah, I've had, you know, stories where, you know, I'll talk to them after practice and, you know, there'll be someone like, hey, I'm glad you talked to me because, you know, one of my, uh, one of my friends in one of the barracks just shot himself, you know, not even like a day ago. And, you know, he just didn't know, you know, who to talk to or, or how to even talk uh, or how to communicate with someone uh, about that. And um, so, yeah, you just never know who's, you know, who's hurting. I mean, I know I, I use for me personally, I try to use wrestling as a, as a platform. And, um, you know, learning how to, you know, trying to help, uh, you know, people along the way, not only with their, you know, the wrestling. Um, I think sometimes that's the easy part is the, you know, dealing with the mind and, you know, dealing with issues, inner, inner demons that people have to have to face. You know, I think when people can resolve that or uh, heal that, I think, uh, you know, I, I think everything else sort of everything else is a byproduct. Um, you know, I've seen a lot of talented wrestlers that 
you know, that face a lot of personal demons and, you know, and succumbed to, to drugs or, you know, anything else. And um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's one of those where I, I think it needs to be talked about more. And, and um, like I said, I'm glad you're doing your part. And you, like I said, I think with people like you that have a platform um, that that's needed, you know, sometimes, you know, coaches can be like, you know, they, they're more concerned with, you know, the wins and losses than, you know, concerned with the actual person. Um, and uh, I, I think with, you know, especially providing and, and sharing a message like that, I think it's worth it. Um, yeah, I mean, there's an organization, I, you know, I've, they're not directly involved with wrestling, but I've gotten to know the founder uh, here in Delaware. It's on the mm-hmm. University of Delaware campus. Um, it's called Unlock the, the Light. And uh, they actually um, have a what used to be a frat house. They purchased it, renovated it. That's on the campus, University of Delaware. Their target market is 14 to 24 years old, I believe it is. Um, but it's open 24 hours a day. Um, and, and mostly it's college kids is, uh, probably go in there, but like it could be two o'clock in the morning. And if somebody's thinking about, how, you know, committing suicide or, you know, having bad thoughts, they can walk in that house and get uh, walk in that house and uh, get help. And then obviously they're going to find them some professional help long-term if, if it's necessary, but they always have people there. And, you know, uh, Chris Locke has done a phenomenal job with that. I mean, the thing is, what we've got to try to find a, try to do is is bottle that up and put it on every college campus across the country. But you know, one guy can't do that. But if they could take that model and put it there, I mean, they've had they've only been open, I think, about a year and a half now, uh, maybe approaching two years. But they've had thousands of kids come through there already. And, um, you know, and, and all these people that are, I always say it's the club that nobody wants to be a part of. Most of the time, the people that are involved with these types of organizations had lost a loved one. And that's what, you know, inspired them to do something if they could change somebody else's life. Um, so, you know, and look, when I talk about a lot of things now, and I always kind of share a lot of my own history or stories, but I almost feel like I'm somewhat hypocritical, right? Because I would have done things differently as a coach or as a parent or whatever. And I think sometimes when you look back when you're like, man, like, but times were different then too, right? But at the end of the day, we're all learning. And if we evolve and we, and we try to be a better person every day, I guess that's all we can ask. Oh yeah. Yep. You only know what you know. I mean, it's, yeah, it's just one of those where, um, I, I think, you know, even, learning how to be a better coach. Uh, you know, I, I'm learning how to be more, uh, not to say I'm not, not tough on, on, on the people that I train, but, um, you know, I am a little bit more empathetic and, and trying to understand, you know, what they're dealing, dealing with, where they're coming from. And I've, I know I've, you know, told, uh, you know, even I think on some prior podcasts or even just talking with some coaches, now I, I, I think the, the biggest thing for a lot of kids has been like, you know, coaches have been like, man, they, like these guys, they won't, they won't sell into the process or, you know, they just, you know, they're not buying in. Um, and it's sometimes you like, you have to learn how to connect the dots. Like you have to understand where that kid is coming from and, you know, connecting from that space. Sometimes someone's just dealing with something that wrestling could be the last thing on their mind right now. Um, so you, I think for, for coaches, I mean, you may have to understand like where they're at right now and then learning to connect. And then I think from there, I think once kids see that, hey, look, they actually, you know, they actually want to connect with me or they actually believe in me, aside from what I can do for them, I think that's actually when they they start to buy into the whole process uh, is when they know and they see that this coach is caring about me, not aside from aside from me being a, a great wrestler. That's great. I mean, you want to be the best wrestler, but they're talking with me as, you know, like, hey, this is someone that truly genuinely cares for me. Um, I'm going to go through a wall for them. I mean, if they, if they see that and they, they know, Hey, look, this coach is there for me. They'll, I mean, they'll sit there and do anything. I, I think that's where they buy in right there. 
Um, so I, I think just learning, I mean, more coaches need to, need to communicate uh, aside from just the wrestling aspect. Like they need to be communicating uh, more with their, with their kids because they're around them all <laughs> for, for months at a time. I mean, like if you don't know anything about them and something happens and someone just kills himself, well, whose fault is that? Uh, is, is that the, the, the coaches and leadership not knowing what, what's going on with their, with their kids? I mean, I know there's all kinds of things that, you know, you know, leadership and coaches have to deal with, but you know, you got to know who, who's on your team. You got to know what you're dealing with. Um, so yeah, I think, I think definitely more, more of that is needed. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll circle back around, you know, right now, I mean, what, what things, I mean, I know you always have different things on your plate all the time. Um, what things are uh, inspiring you right now? Uh, what's, what's, uh, and I'm not like real big on motivation or anything, but what things are sort of, you know, like you're thinking about constantly, like, man, I, I, you know, this, I think this uplifts me, this inspires me in some way to sort of, you know, do the things I want to do. Um, what, what are those things right now? I mean, just uh, off the top of my head, I mean, the thing is, like, you know, I love what I do. Um, I'm self-employed, right? So I get to do whatever I want. But, I, you know, instead of having one boss, you really have like 10,000 bosses. But, um, you know, I, I just genuinely love what I do. You know, we have uh, some real estate, you know, investment properties where, you know, we've started to get into a little bit. I love doing that. Um, you know, everything's a challenge to me. Uh, we have a sportswear company. Um, you know, so that's grown over the years. And then most of it, you know, I coach coaching was, a, you know, was basically a full-time job in itself. And when I was coaching, that's mostly what I was doing, you know, and, and not all these other things, but the tournaments, you know, it's just, I think across the board, whether it's the tournaments of sports, where the real estate, like I'm just, a, I'm just a competitor, right? I want, and a lot of times I'm not even competing with other people. I certainly don't want to be beat by somebody else. Um, I just, I'm always competing with myself and how, how can I do things better? And, you know, it, we're never going to be perfect, but I always strive for perfection or just constant improvements. But I think, you know, it, it's loving what you do. And then I'm extremely uh, fortunate where, you know, some of the people that work with me, um, all three of my kids work with me um, full time. And, um, you know, I have some former coaches of my mine from high school. I have guys that have wrestled for me that I've, that I've coached. Um, that work for me. So really I'm surrounded by friends and family. And um, when we go to the tournaments on the weekend, the guys that, you know, have other full-time jobs, I kind of call them our weekend warriors, but whether it's my wife, that's a full-time nurse that comes to the tournaments or, you know, um, just other friends or family, it, it's just work. I, I never really feel like, I mean, it's a lot of hard work setting up tournaments or things aren't perfect, or you're always trying to, you know, make sure you get a job done on time. But I think, you know, generally speaking, when you're surrounded by a lot of people that you care about and that care about you and you're doing something you love it's just pretty easy to get up every day and want to come to work yeah yep definitely definitely agree yeah yeah definitely on the, on the self-employment part there's a lot of you know you feel like you know you, you definitely have that that flexibility but you do have a lot of a lot of bosses that uh, <laughs> there's always there's always something that uh you know you got to get taken care of but i i think if you wasn't in it um i think if you already didn't have that mindset i mean for me personally, I enjoy it. Um, I, I like sort of going, uh, even when we work together, like I like going, you know, Hey, I got six different emails on different things. Like I'm just one of those where like, okay, I can, I'll take care of all of these and, and do that. So I think I enjoy the different, you know, the variety and, and different, you know, projects and, you know, what, what problems I can solve and, and, and definitely help, you know, build the, the talent wrestling brand. So, um, yeah, definitely, um, you know, appreciative for the, for the partnership and being able to, you know, to help, help talent wrestling. Um, Creative tilts. Uh, this is something that I ask my guests 
um, all the time. You know, what is a creative tip or tips that you can provide our audience? Um, like I said, this can can be life, creativity, business, really up to you. Um, I think life is art anyway. And um, so what's your tip? Man, probably just because of the position I'm in nowadays and the things that I do and looking back on my life is, you know, it's never too young to uh, start building relationships. And, uh, you know, I keep hearing in some of the podcasts that I listen to and things like that, like relationships are are the new currency. And, you know, your network is your net is your um, your net worth and uh, things like that. So, like, you know, I just was such a competitive person and, uh, you know, depending on what time in my life, you know, had anger issues or, you know, an attitude and things like that. But I think when I first started coaching, like it was, you were either on my team or you were against me, or, you know, I didn't always respect the guy on the other side of the mat or um, just different things like that. And I think sometimes I just didn't treat people the right way. And uh, so I think now it's just all about relationship building. And as we've gotten older, the world keeps getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And it's really not even about what other people can do for us, but what can we do for you? And I think the more that you give, the more you'll naturally receive. And it's just, it's just been one of those things. It's just been an evolution process. And um, you know, probably as I've, you know, when I was young and, you know, I, I went to a Baptist school through sixth grade and then I went to a Catholic high school, you know, I didn't, I wasn't Catholic, but I went there cause I wanted to wrestle, but really like, wow, why I was, uh, brought up to believe in God. Um, you know, like I never really was into religion. Right. So we're now like, you know, I think in some of our hardest times, um, you know, that we've been hit you know, as a family or as an individual, like I really tend to start to lean on it. I'm still not perfect and I don't go to church enough, especially with uh, traveling with tournaments. But I just think it's all those different things. And I, I you know, physically, mentally, emotionally trying to be the best version of myself. And I just think people need to take care of themselves and sometimes slow down. And you talk about what I like most about it. Like I'm, I don't have to get on the highway and drive an hour and, you know, go through all these road rage incidents every single day to get to work. Right. Like my job, my drive to work is 10 to 15 minutes. And if I'm early, I'm early. If I'm late, I'm late. And everybody doesn't have that luxury, but man, people cut each other off to save 30 seconds on their drive. And, you know, it's just, it's just nuts, you know? So I just think if we slow down a little bit and uh, you know, it's just all about the relationships or it's not, you know, just because my kids wrestle on your kid doesn't mean we can't be friends, you know? Yeah. That's great. Great tip. Great tip. So um, right now, I mean, what, um, what things, and like I said, you're at the liberty to tell whatever you want to, what, what, what things are on the horizon with, with time wrestling? Uh, you know, like we talked about, just constantly improving our current situation or tournaments that we do. What can we do better? What can we tweak? How can we make the experience better? How can we make it more affordable? And I think the other thing is for us is, you know, how much do we want to grow? Like, I, you know, I think we can grow across the entire country, but, you know, where's, where's you know, geographically, where are there places that we should be or we shouldn't be? And we've learned our lesson, like, already a couple of times where, you know, it sounds in theory like it's a great location, but, but really it's not, right? So, um, but, you know, I think for us, it's 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 growing the existing tournaments that we already have. It's um, this, you know, and, and then where can we add a sprinkle in other tournaments that would make sense? Um, and really, you know, the hardest part is just the staffing. It's the people. And, you know, we have a great team of people, but we're already working half the year on weekends. So it's hard to, you know, they can't work every single weekend. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's sort of like real estate. I guess location, location, location is uh, yeah. <laughs> um, before uh, before we sign off. You know, what are those uh, words of wisdom? Uh, you know, something that that may resonate with uh, with people's hearts and minds and spirits. Uh, what, what are those words of wisdom? 
geez, I think we kind of already touched on some of those things, but I think it's just, again, relationship building, communication. I mean, big thing is, you know, as, as I'm thinking about something, but it's just communication, you know, and a lot of times, you know, whether it's your spouse, your kid, your coworkers, whatever it may be, I think a lot of it just boils down to communication. And sometimes you got to have those tough conversations with people and, uh, you know, it's not always happy moments, but you're, you're in a much better position when you're just honest and direct with each other. And instead of just walking away or making assumptions or things like that, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, for me, it's just, you know, I, I, it's slowing down life a little bit. It's appreciating what we have. I think the biggest word that keep com keeps coming to mind is just, be, you know, gratitude, right? Being appreciative of what you do have because, uh, man, there's so many things that you, you know, you might not have one day or, you know, you have a tragedy strike and, uh, you know, but just taking time to have lunch with somebody, you know, going to dinner, making that phone call. You know, I'm, I'm a big guy that I'd rather call people instead of text message sometimes, you know, if it's your birthday or something like that. Or, you know, I, I, a lot of times if I see somebody post something on Facebook and I'm not real big into sharing personal things on social media, but if I see somebody put something out there, most times I won't comment. I'll just pick up the phone and call them or I'll shoot them a text message directly. And, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, one of my, you know, if I'm thinking about words of wisdom, but like sometimes it's just, you know, everybody's not going to be the greatest and everybody's not going to be perfect. And sometimes our expectations are just too high. And, uh, you know, that, that, that's, that, that's really probably me giving myself some feedback, right. Is, you know, accept people for who they are and if they're giving a hundred percent effort and they're trying their best and they're willing to make changes, then, you know, you go with it and not everybody can be, you know, the, the national champion or the all-star or the pro baseball player or the president of the company. Yeah. I like that. That's, some great, great words, great words. So uh, before we end, you know, how can people reach out uh, with you or, or Tyrant Wrestling? What's the best way to connect? Um, getting registered for tournaments. Uh, I know we've got some winter tournaments going on right now, Gordon, and even going into 2024. Um, what's the best way to, to get connected? Uh, Tyrant Wrestling specifically. I mean, our website is tyrantwrestling.com. All of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Now we're on TikTok and some of the other ones were on YouTube, but everything's just under Tyrant Wrestling. And then if you can, you can call or text 833-TYRANT1. And, uh, you know, I think that's, that's another thing that separates us, right? Like back in the day when we, I was coaching, if you're going to big time tournaments, most people don't have contact information to, to call or text or, uh, you know, you could email, but you might never get a return email. But uh, for us, you know, we have a full staff of people that respond all the time and we try to get back to you. If we don't answer right away, um, you know, we try to get back to you within 24 hours. So, uh, you know, they can reach out to us anytime. And then, like I said earlier, you know, there's people that reach out to us after the fact that just need to talk about things that aren't related to wrestling whatsoever that are just struggling in life. So we're always accessible. We're always available. And if you go to tyrantwrestling.com, you can find all those things. Hey, awesome. Awesome. Well, once again, hey, this has been a, a great episode with, with Corey. Like I said, thank you for, for jumping on. And uh, I know we've been trying to try to schedule this for a while now, but like I said, glad to finally ha have you on talking about time wrestling, talking about life wrestling. Um, like I said, I know this probably could have been a, a two hour long uh, <laughs> episode, but we're going to keep it condensed here. Um, so like I said, thank you. Thank you for jumping on. And uh, like I said, I may, I'll probably end up having you on for a, for a future, future episode, a uh, little round table uh, episode. But um, so uh, a quick shout out. I want to give some shout outs to my sponsors. Uh, first of all, Elevate Coffee Trading, um, based out of the Dallas, Texas area. Um, every uh, Much of their profits and proceeds help uh, coffee-producing countries like Guatemala and in areas of need in the United States. So uh, you can check out their mission at ElevateCoffeeTrading.com. Um, and um, they're, like I said, looking to extract hope with every drop of coffee. Um, my other sponsor is Baba Coffee um, that's based out of uh, here on the West Coast in Carlsbad, California. Uh, been a great sponsor of mine. 
and um, they're smuggling good vibes and good coffee. So they have uh, food, coffee, wine, um, drinks. Uh, they also have live entertainment uh, every weekend, starting actually starting on Friday uh, at six o'clock. So um, you can check them out. If you're on the West Coast, you can check them out. And um, they're at uh, babacoffee.com. And then last sponsor is All Skill No Luck. And they actually provide uh, custom, uh, actually American-made uh, flannel and, uh, and accessories. Um, so they, they tend to, uh, you know, cater towards uh, police officers, soldiers. And uh, so like I said, they got a whole merchandise line of, of different uh, flannel-made hoodies. Uh, they got merchandise, T-shirts, um, all kinds of uh, other accessories too. So um, you can check out their um, their website at allskillnoluck.com. And I, I think they're in the process of uh, rebranding. So they're, they're doing a, a new rebrand launch. But all the, like I said, all, all those um, companies have been great sponsors of mine. And uh, I have relationships with all of them in some form or fashion. So I wanted to give a shout out to them. Uh, this episode will be available on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts and podcast form. And then the full video will be on my YouTube page at uh, YouTube at Quantel Langford. So um, this has been the Creative Brew. Be creative, stay inspired. The ups and downs, all the wins and the outs and the smiles and frowns. They will tell you to settle down, stay on the ground. No, I won't take it. No, we won't take it.